everyone. Welcome to Riding into the Unknown. My name is Christina. And my name is Monica. And today for our 46th episode of the podcast, we are going to be talking about a book. This is an episode where we do a book review. The book of this month is Alonement by Francesca Spector. The actual title of the book is way longer. I think it's Alonement and how to be well on your own. Something along those lines. That is obviously not the correct title. Let me uh, Google it real quick. So, Alonement, how to be alone and absolutely own it. That is the actual full title book. And yeah, Moni and I have read it this month. So, essentially, we are going to be talking about each of the chapters of the book and really dissect what we thought about them, our experiences and what we learned as well as what we probably knew already and just really talk about alonement because it's a great topic of discussion and before we get started I want to talk about what exactly alonement means. So alonement is basically described by Francesca Spector, the author of this book, as time spent alone but time where you actually enjoy that time and you make the most of it and it's not just you know, time spent passively is time spent actively enjoying it. So it's enjoyment and spending time alone together because a lot of the time we have solitude, which is, you know, thought about in a more negative light. It has more negative connotations, whereas alonement is basically just a positive experience. So, or we can also think of loneliness as well as another, when people think, oh, I'm lonely it's almost associated as like a negative feeling. Because loneliness is, is negative. Yeah. Exactly. And alonement is the, the opposite of loneliness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, to start off, Moni, I wanted to sort of ask you uh, for the first chapter of the book, your take on why we need alonement? Really good question. Um, I think the first thing that I wanted to discuss is kind of as I was reading through the chapter I felt like I knew most of the points that she was making like there was nothing new to me but it was kind of like a good reminder and I really like that she sort of came up with this new word of alonement because sometimes we struggle to describe like I I feel like the word alonement is a really good way to describe like enjoying your your alone time and and being um by yourself and actually enjoying it um so yeah I feel like at the beginning I'm I literally can't remember how it's the book started but um actually no so she describes um she starts talking about her own experience and her breakup and how she was kind of really codependent and how she kind of lost herself in the relationship and then afterwards she kind of starts to introduce her own personal experience and talks about how she used to be one of those people who used to go out all the time, who dreaded being on their own, who literally feared, like, yeah, as I said, being on their own. And now she kind of talks in a way that um, she cannot go a day without having that alone time and and that time to herself. So from the the first chapter, um, it's called Why We Need Alonement. And something that I kind of liked, wanted to mention on the podcast was um, on the fact of, for example, if we look at, you know, marriages and graduation ceremonies, 
they're the times where we celebrate and um, they're the big you know celebrations that we have in our lives and when you think of marriages we celebrate two people coming together and essentially the graduation is kind of the last the last ceremony that we have where we're celebrating ourselves and our achievements um, so another term that she was mentioning was um, self-partnerships and celebrating yourself and and as I mentioned for example society you know crowns beautiful celebrations like weddings christenings and where we're celebrating a union and a new life but we don't celebrate people for having a long-lasting partnership with themselves and as I mentioned this it might sound weird to people like oh why would you celebrate a um, self-partnership but if we think about it like we don't right it's not something that it's not like a ceremony what are your thoughts on that actually do you think we should have them or no there's not real need to celebrate I think it's more like a personal thing um yeah I guess I haven't really thought about this but just thinking about it now marriage is you know when two families come together as well as well as the bridegroom whoever is getting married and it's difficult to sort of celebrate being self-partnered or being on your own because how do you assess that but I'm not saying that it shouldn't be celebrated you know like if you just want to throw a party because you got a promotion hell yes if you want to throw a party because you feel great hell yes (laughs) um there's basically I agree not in society there isn't a set event that celebrates you for being in a healthy relationship with yourself and having great mental health and just being in this journey of self-love etc but you know if you want to be different let's say and do it why not like I, I'm totally up for that but going back to what I asked you like why I quickly, did you need I quickly I wanted like, to interrupt yeah really quickly did you hear um Emma Watson yes like in the book she yeah I saw of, the interview she calls herself self-partnered and um yeah how she's like peaceful being herself basically mm-hmm. no yeah and I think that's beautiful you know at the end of the day being in a relationship helps you grow so much but it all comes down to being happy with yourself first and I think that that is that should be ideally the first step into getting into, into a relationship you know being good one for oneself and it doesn't matter it doesn't mean that oh because Emma Watson is like well so far now she's ready to be in a relationship no like she can stay self-partnered and she should if she's happy um but what you were saying about you said about graduation and that's sort of like the last time we celebrate ourselves and that's interesting um because yeah I think there is no set sort of event in our life after sort of formal education. I mean, I didn't even get a graduation, so there you go. But um, ooh, we've got we've got a comment from Fairy Out. We've got a few comments actually. I haven't seen. Uh, just I'm getting distracted, but um, Fairy Out has just said it doesn't necessarily have to be a celebration in the form of a gathering. It could be buying yourself something, going on a solo trip to celebrate your own company or achievement. 
it's a different kind of celebration versus graduation ceremony, wedding gatherings, birthdays, etc. So for those of you listening to the podcast who are not on the Instagram live, I'm just reading off from our Instagram live if you're getting confused. Uh, and Fairy Isles just kindly said some really good points, which I totally agree with. That, you know, as I'm saying, there's these sort of official celebrations that are widespread, but you can just make your own. Like Fairy has said, you can just organize a trip for yourself to celebrate something or because you feel like it, why not? <laughs> uh, we live in a capitalist society at the end of the day. Um, and this I is mean, what the book, book is about does touch on things like that like the solo yeah. travel that Faria mentioned and buying and treating yeah. yourself and, and exactly exactly yeah. but going back to the initial question because I feel like we've diverted quite a bit from it is that why do we need alone time like at the core what is the reason and I feel that alone time is so necessary for every single one of us each individual needs some time to reconnect with themselves because Regardless of whether you're introverted or extroverted, obviously extroverted people, as we've talked before in other episodes, get energy from being around others. Introverts get energy from recharging on their own time, a lot of the time alone. But both groups of people, and I mean, I don't like to say groups because everyone has a different um, sort of spectrum of introvertedness, extrovertedness. Everyone needs that time to evaluate, you know, their goals, and it doesn't have to decisions. be that deep, but like, yeah, the decisions and it doesn't have to be like, oh, what is my purpose in life? But it's just like understanding each other better. Like what makes me do like, for example, recognizing patterns within ourselves. Like, oh, oh yeah. why didn't that relationship work? Was it my fault? Was it my partner's fault? Uh, was there a lack of communication? Were we being too codependent? Would we? And then you can identify toxic traits, perhaps that you can work on. And there's so much work that can be done by spending some time in reflection, spending some time with yourself and then going back out and, you know, being with others and showing that good side of you. Yeah. And having that introspection as well, like I think you mentioned, is super, super, super important. And whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, even the extroverts, they still need time alone. Like you can't be constantly with people like you need to be able to have that time alone to understand yourself as you were talking about to understand your patterns your behaviors and that essentially makes you a better friend and a better partner and a better sister and you like for example a lot of people who are just constantly with people and you're always on the go and you're constantly doing things you just kind of forget about yourself and you forget about why you're doing certain things and and sometimes you you know you might end up in a job that you don't like or you might end up in a toxic relationship or you might end up in um you know doing things that you regret because you didn't question you didn't actually think about what you're doing and whether you're heading in like the right trajectory for your life so I think it is really really important to spend that time alone and it's easier said than done I think me and you are talking from a perspective where we you know grew up with um, not that many friends we didn't grow up with that many friends we grew up in a family we were quite tight-knit and we were okay with the feeling of being alone we were okay with it was acceptable you know in our house to be alone to not have friends to be the introvert person so we didn't grow up in a society where we felt that pressure you know to go out at night to um, go out partying to go out doing this doing that I'm very lucky that we didn't grow out, um, grow up in that environment because I mean it's worked out well, I personally think. Um, 
but also talking from the other perspective where say you grew up in for example I don't know in London London's very big but say you grew up in a really busy city and there's that pressure of going out on the weekend going out for drinks going out to party going to this gathering going to that gathering um or your say your family's like super sociable and you feel that sort of pressure to go to these things and you struggle to find alone time and since you've been doing this from a really young age you get to you get older and then you just struggle to actually be by yourself um so honestly I think um from our perspective we'll be talking from say yeah I, I just thought it was important to kind of open up about how we've grown up because it's obviously impacted us in our adulthood um yeah. I think so, I'm really yeah. happy with how you've opened up about this because it it's very different seeing it from her perspective to for example the author Francesca Spector or many other people who may have a similar personality to her. So the author emphasizes how she's an extrovert in the book. And as Moni said, like there's pros and cons in the way that we've been brought up, obviously, because for example, Moni and I wouldn't give in easily to peer pressure because we just believed in our own like decisions and our individuality. We didn't feel like we needed to sort of follow the crowd because we were happy yeah. in our own little bubble. I think it also comes from having that support system though because I had my family to support my decisions so say I never went partying when I was young and I was very happy about it because my family was like yeah like it's fine whereas if everyone in my family was like you should be partying like what are you doing staying at home like it was kind of celebrated for us to just like read a book or like go out on a walk by ourselves you know it was things that like our family was happy doing so that's why it was kind of easier to carry on these, um, call them like habits or actions as we got older. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. And I think it also um, came with, I mean, this is more going into like our background rather than the topic of the book, but it, I think it was related to having moved to another country and we were like the only people we knew in a way so that we felt even more close together because it was the only thing that was familiar to us everything else was everything externally was like scary like different you know new and so it was really nice to to have that support system and obviously as you say not everybody does have it and people find support from their friends from their peers etc and I'm not saying like going out drinking is bad obviously not (laughs) but it's just with the I disagree (laughs) yeah I don't think it I don't think it's bad I think it's great to socialize you learn lots from your peers because as we said before in other episodes your perspective becomes so limited if you spend too much time with the same people yeah we'll get on to that as well exactly so going out there and getting I mean obviously I'm not I'm like socializing doesn't mean like get blackout drunk and don't remember what happened no socializing (laughs) comes in in many different ways it doesn't have to involve drinking either exactly you could just socialize um but anyway we're uh going back a bit um to what we're saying i'm gonna read off one of the comments that we've got on our instagram so nora has said uh yes totally i honestly believe that alonement is crucial to growing as a person and understanding yourself to better the relationships you have with others and of course yourself which yeah we we totally agree with you as well um and and going on to that there's a what is the the next chapter that we've got it talks about so we've talked about the next chapter is all to do with getting to know you 
yes so before how, before that i wanted yeah. to um say something about the the start of the book um i i wrote some notes as i was i only wrote notes for like the first chapter and then i just read the book <laughs> really quickly like um yeah well i mean what, what was i gonna say yeah like i read the book quite quickly because I was like just trying to find time to read it like it's not a really long book it's only like 200 pages or so but because I was like so busy during the week I would literally like read it like in a short like five minute um commute on the bus or like maybe at lunch when I was like having a break and I would like read it in like these like short times during the day uh, maybe before bed or whatever I even started reading this is really crazy I mean it's not crazy but um one of my friends told me that she um tried reading while walking and when she told me that I was like that is so mad like how can you like not get run over by a car um but then one day I tried I've done it, that before it actually worked <laughs> I've actually done that before yeah, but yeah yeah I mean I, I don't I mean, people that read in the gym know. like they're on the treadmill and they're reading yeah I saw oh this God. girl she was in the treadmill and she was I've reading. actually seen people playing chess games in the treadmill as well Oh well, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it's the same thing being on the treadmill and walking every day. Yeah, but I feel like it's I not can't the same. Walking is but... in the treadmill is safer because there's no cars and there's no oh yeah, that's going true. With you. Whereas in the street, like I mean, I would just walk in a straight line, or if I was like on this bridge that I know well, but I wouldn't if there, I knew there were cars around. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> Tangent. Um, I, I just tried. So I'm basically saying that I did finish the book, and I don't want to put you on the spot, money. <laughs> but how, <laughs> did you finish the book? I mean, I read the majority of it. I feel like I okay. got the gist, the whole picture of the book. I didn't read it like every single word by word. Um, yeah, that's, that's fair enough. That's Because totally I got the whole okay. picture of it anyway, so. Exactly. But yeah, as I was saying, I, I wrote some stuff for the beginning and then I just kind of uh, flew through the whole thing. And you were talking about being, you know, we're, we're a daughter, we're someone's wife, we're a brother, we're blah, blah, blah. But where are we to ourselves and it's important to get back in touch with who we are you know so that's why we want to talk about getting to know ourselves and that's the second chapter of the book yeah. it talks about therapy and coaching as well but most importantly just on your own time obviously it's really good if you have the opportunity to get professional help and help you figure out things that way can be beneficial it's like going to the gym if you have a PT it's much easier than doing the workouts yourself but it has to start somewhere. You can't be helped by others if you don't accept the help. Like I find that for money and I, it's really easy to talk about mental health and these things because we are really open to it. We we love talking about it, but for some people, it's quite difficult. And I've noticed this recently at work because I've been involved with a lot of um, fundraising uh, initiatives, especially for, we're in November. So the month of November, um, raising awareness for men's health you know, prostate cancer, penile cancer, testicular cancer. Talking about that, it was really hard to get some of the men to, like, to I had up. a stall, basically, and I was just, like, raising awareness and stuff, raising money, and it was really difficult for men to even, like, look my way. Like, I would, like, make eye contact, and they'd be like, okay, run away. <laughs> we don't want to talk to her. Um, and, yeah, it's, like, difficult for a lot of men in particular, I would say, because there's, like, things like there's um what is the word there's a stigma associated with talking open talking openly about mental and health I want to add as well I think it also depends on on culture yeah I feel like um I don't want to generalize here but I feel like with Asian culture I mean uh, 
there is more of a stigma, especially with like the whole like toxic masculinity and like being a man and what it means to be a man and you don't show your feelings and you're not vulnerable providing for the family and providing blah, blah, blah. for like the, the family very... exactly so you can't really open up and it leads to this whole bottling up and men really not talking about their feelings um and also i mean women to be honest in asian culture as well um sorry i'm saying asian culture i'm like generalizing because asia is so massive but i think you guys know what i mean um there just isn't really it's not easy between families to talk about their feelings and be open about it which can obviously be very hard because if people are going through things by themselves they don't have anyone to talk to um which I feel like I have experienced in terms of like our Asian family I feel like they're a lot more say reserved in terms of if someone's going through something they won't really open up about it very much yeah it's Um, like really taboo it's very very taboo and like almost shameful and I yeah, think you just don't totally talk about ridiculous. it um so yeah I think I'm very glad that like we've started opening up the conversation because I feel like in the past we didn't really talk about it very much to be fair at all we didn't really talk about how we felt we probably expressed our say um our emotions in different ways because we can communicate effectively but I feel like once you're be you're able to you know be vulnerable and communicate things to your family you become closer and you create um like a much better relationship and it's so much easier for like for future um yeah for the future to communicate what you're feeling I totally agree and you talked about putting your thoughts into words and that's going back to the title of the book alonement it's how the author comes up with a random well not random but she comes up with a new word that she made up alonement because that's not currently in the dictionary she's trying to get it on the dictionary and it's through labeling or putting words to our feelings that we become more aware of them so that's why having a word alonement we can really express what we mean we we mean we enjoy this time alone we're not just wasting time or or waiting until we we meet someone or until we are met by our friends etc you know it's not like a buffer zone it's actually like meaningful me time and it's so important to to sort of verbalize our feelings and and put them into words but maybe also speak them out to friends there's many many ways like it can be through journaling it could be to speaking to someone or speaking out loud you know to yourself many ways to get this outlet instead of bottling feelings up get it out there and that way like it happened to me actually a few weeks ago I was upset about something and I was just I don't know I was just crying (laughs) and I wanted to speak to a friend um but like no one was available eventually uh, a friend uh got back to me and we had like a long chat but for a while I was just like just upset just crying and then I was just like you know what I'm just gonna journal and I was just like writing down all of my feelings and I that made me feel so much better so much better I just it's like taking all of the crap off your shoulders you're just like okay you take it just the paper just like wipe it off with I mean it wasn't on paper I just type on my phone but like same same idea and it just felt so much better I was still upset and then I spoke to my friend and I actually did feel better even better after speaking to her but yeah it just helps so much to talk about it and many times we just think oh they're going to judge me what are they going to think and obviously yeah like when I 
you know message my friends if oh can I talk to you can I speak to you like um can I call you uh, I only did message a few of them because I was like oh like some people might understand some people might not understand like I was like are they going to judge me and like that's a normal reaction to have like we might feel that some people are not going to be as accepting of certain things or maybe it's all in our head maybe everyone or most of our friends will obviously be there for us or maybe they just don't know how to help as well exactly exactly what the best way to handle say your issues are Mm-hmm. And they want to like help, but they just don't know how to. I think with your point, I wanted to mention some of the things that were mentioned in the book um, with regards to techniques that you can do in order to like help, you know, uh, enjoy your time alone and say deal with your emotions. Um, so the main one that she talks about was journaling, which she did speak about. And we do have, you know, um, I guess, I don't know what you call it, traditional journaling, where you just like write your thoughts down and you have time to think about the words that you're writing and you express how you feel and it's a safe place an open space for you to just express how you're feeling in that moment and it's really useful it's really helpful um other ways are morning pages so these are the first thing that you do when you wake up you write three words not three words sorry three pages of just words of consciousness and you just write whatever is on your mind without trying to perfect it without trying to control any of the things that you're writing you just even if you're writing the same word over and over and over again you write it so you're just writing as you feel if that makes sense can I interrupt you you for a second so after reading this part of the book where they talked about morning pages I actually started doing it and I got my notebook and I, every morning I would wake up like 15 minutes earlier, half an hour earlier, because it takes quite a while to write three pages, believe it or not. <laughs> and I would just stream of consciousness, just write whatever was in my mind. A lot of the time I was feeling very uninspired, especially at the start. And I would just write what had happened the day before, like just random, mm. like really badly written. Like I did this, I did that. And then I went here. That's <laughs> the thing. There. I mean, you don't have to be a writer. You don't have to Exactly. Be, but it's just like getting anything. it out there, like... Yeah going through what happened how you interpreted it because a lot of the time it's perspective you know someone might have attended the same event but might have had a really bad time and you might have had the best time of your life it's perspective so I wrote this and then other times I was feeling like a bit nostalgic from school because I really I used to quite enjoy writing I was never really good at it but I, I quite enjoyed writing and so I was like writing short stories on my morning pages so this was where I was feeling a bit more inspired and I would force myself to write and I realized something from writing these morning pages is that I'm so indecisive when it comes Mm -hmm. to writing because a lot of the time if I was like writing about a new character I wouldn't give them really definable characteristics in in case I regretted you you know making them exactly so I would make them really really vague but obviously the, the story would be really boring um so as I went along, it sort of made, I made more decisions, which it helped, it helped me with my decision making in a way, because I'm naturally very indecisive, but it helped me because I was making them a certain way. And then I was like, well, these characters are going to die in three pages. Like don't get attached to them. It's fine. If you like muck Mm. up and they end up being like really evil, or if they end up being like really crap. Um, So yeah, that was a nice experiment. I stopped doing it because I went on holiday I stayed at a friend's and yeah, I didn't bring it 
I, I, I forgot to bring the notebook and then I, all of my like consistency just went out the window oh. and I just stopped doing it unfortunately but I should I, get back to it it was a good I really thing. like that you mentioned that I think in the book I'm pretty sure she mentioned something to do with decision making and how your small decisions essentially add up some I don't I swear I think it was this book she was saying even the smallest decisions of what you're going to wear and um what you're going to do tomorrow like I can't remember what it was I can't remember what chapter it was but she did mention how small decisions kind of add to oh no it wasn't this book I don't think it was this book I think it was a video that I was watching okay (laughs) sorry um but basically sorry completely unrelated but someone said basically that even the smallest decisions from what you're going to wear um so basically these little decisions that you have to make every day just make it harder for you to do the bigger decision um to make the bigger decisions so it's better to tackle these small decisions um that don't make like a huge difference to in order to tackle the bigger decisions so what i'm getting my point is that when you're writing in your morning pages it's better to just kind of like go with your gut and kind of go with the flow in your intuition and just say this person's going to look like this rather than start thinking "Mm, should this person have brown eyes should they have blue eyes do you know what I mean yeah um so I really like that you mentioned that I think I'm going to get into some of the other techniques that the book does mention so she does mention journaling which is obviously super helpful it doesn't help everyone just because some people might just write 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 and they don't get to like a conclusion or anything but it's quite I mean some people find it refreshing other people might find it stressful so there's not like this helps everyone but I think for the most part it does help most people to just be able to see your thoughts in paper and like write something down and then something that really does help say you're mad or you're angry at someone or whatever you write stuff down then you get the piece of paper and you scrumple it up and then you throw it away and you're like Shh. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if you've ever done that before. I don't think um, I have. No. But I don't, I'm not sure if she mentions it in the, in the book, but it is quite helpful. Um, but you know, you know from personal I never, No, that I never. <laughs> um, I think I have tried it like before, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, I, I feel like we, we talked about talking about how we feel and we talked about expressing for with people who are close to us how we feel and everything and I feel maybe also because it was like raging hormones but when I was a teenager I used to get so angry all the time argue with my mom like so so much I used to treat you really badly money I'm sorry Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's like all coming out now I'm used Um, to it (laughs) all the abuse no um no I promise it wasn't abusing your money (laughs) um but yeah basically no I was really mean and that wasn't good and yeah I was joking I was not abusive obviously no 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 she she wasn't um just for the record but essentially I feel that over time maybe I've just found these different types of outlets etc but I just don't get as angry anymore or like I just can't remember the last time where I got like really really angry like I don't remember the last time I've had to shout for example which I just feel really happy about like I've just being more zen or whatever just yeah it's making me think like a lot of the time I come through situations that make me that not make me angry but like that could potentially create anger let's say and I just think 
sometimes obviously yeah it's like annoying other times for example I just remember last time I got angry my bike got stolen <laughs> I was angry so I turned up uh where I had parked my bike and, and my my bike lock um got cut open and I was just like I mean I don't want to swear too much on the podcast but I was like swear words and I was like mm, this life <laughs> um and I was just angry and I was just like, okay, what am I going to do action? And I was just like going to the train station because I was parked next to the train station. Um, and I asked them like what I should do. So I reported it to the police, et cetera. And after a while, it just simmered down, but I, I wasn't like really infuriated. It was just like a natural reaction, you know, mm-hmm. but I think that was probably, yeah, the last time where I felt like real anger. It was just a bit of like that fury, like, ugh. I really like that you mentioned you kind of used the word anger there right and I really like that you spoke about anger because I was talking I was talking to a friend about this and essentially I think this was mentioned in the book as well but another thing that we struggle to do is actually pinpoint our emotions and how we feel and I think most of us or a lot of us have quite a limited vocabulary when we're talking about our emotions and we will say I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm depressed. And that's literally the only three words. And you might actually be feeling disappointed. You might actually be grieving. You might actually feel, you know, other emotions, you know? And I think it is really, really, really important to sort of expand your vocabulary and expand, understand how you're feeling and try and get to the root cause of how you're feeling is it because you know your mom didn't come to your graduation party and you feel disappointed is it you know your friend didn't turn up to your birthday party and you are um I was gonna say disappointed but you get the gist of what I'm talking about so it's important to kind of I think there is a wheel that I saw online um yeah it's the emotion wheel I've just looked at that emotion wheel yeah I think that will give me a better indication of some other <clears throat> so here are some examples for example so basically there's different types of the emotion we all just googled it and the one that i'm looking at it looks like a flower with different colors and in the center we've got sort of the main um emotions uh that are those the main ones i'm assuming so some of them for example are ecstasy admiration terror amazement grief loathing rage vigilance so these are very different from each other yeah i don't know if they're the main ones but yeah, I don't think they're the main ones. I think the main ones are on the outside, it looks like, because they're more, for example, in one of them, you have joy, trust, love. I, Those are more generic, I would say. And then trust, fear, and submission. Yeah, it like overlaps between them. And then it, it sort of shows, yeah, I think the main ones actually you know, are, are the ones on the outer one, because they look more, more. Please, um, you know what's a good example to use? Tell me. Sorry. So now that we're in the topic of alonement, I think a good one would be to use alone. So I have an example here, and yeah. the main one's alone. And then the sub sort of sections are, you know, you could feel distant, you could feel lonely, you could feel excluded, you could feel fragile, you could feel abandoned, you could feel um desolate. So that's kind of some examples. And within the distant category, you could feel withdrawn or detached. Within the lonely category, you could feel isolated or forlorn. Within the excluded category, you could feel deserted or forsaken. In the fragile category, you could feel vulnerable or exposed. In the abandoned category, you could feel rejected or friendless. In the desolate category, you could feel bleak or destroyed. 
So, you know, thinking about alone, you might think, oh, I feel so alone. But why? What is the actual feeling that you're feeling? Is it, you know, you feel isolated or you feel exposed? And then, yeah, I was going to say as well. And then once you've labeled your feeling or your emotion, it also helps trying to find the root cause. And obviously, no, if don't do it, if it leads you to spiraling down. But it really, I mean, to myself, particularly, I don't know to you, Moni, but I, I think it helps to find the root cause of a problem a lot of the time. Yeah, you know? a lot of identify, the time. Identify why am I feeling particularly like this? How can I address it? Yeah, and peel off you the know? layers. I think it helps you exactly. to kind of uncover where and sometimes the it's, it's a painful process. Like uh, Francesca on the book says this, like spending time alone at the start is going to feel very, very, very uncomfortable if you're not used to it because... You're going to have your inner, inner demons. Uh, you're going to have like, you're going to ruminate around things that are you've not faced in a long time. Because if, if you're sort of, what is the word? Numbing, numbing away your pain and getting distracted by, I mean. Worldly pleasures. Yeah. Whether like, that be, you know, like substance abuse or like, whether that be. Binge eating things, binge or substance eating, abuse or, you know, like constantly making plans. Scrolling and through be, Instagram. Being, yeah, scrolling through Instagram, being really, really busy all the time, which I mean, I feel like I'm a little bit guilty of that. Like a lot of the time I'm, I pack my diary so full that I just don't have time to think. I'm just doing, doing, doing. And that's not good either. You know, mm-hmm. it's another way of distracting you from your real problems or your real issues and it's like oh why do you always have to think about problems no but it, it helps you in the longer term you know to clear your head yeah. feel better like more at ease with yourself I think another point is most of the time when we think of being alone we think of it as being negative because naturally our brains focus on the negatives if we think about for example say some you know we went to a lovely event and we had a great time but someone pissed us off at that event we'll probably focus on that person as opposed to the event as a whole. Or for example, this happens a lot to YouTubers, but say they post a video and they get 1000 lovely comments, but they get one negative comment. They're gonna focus on the negative comment. So when we're alone, our brain just automatically focuses on the negative, which is why we find it so uncomfortable to face ourselves and our emotions. But it's part of the process and that is important. And I think spending time alone also gives us time to focus on the positives and focus on why we are so great and why we are you know we should be our own best friend and what amazing qualities we have it shouldn't be like overthinking and negative you're gonna I mean it's just about accepting how you feel whether that be a negative emotion a positive emotion no emotion all the spectrum shouldn't be um you you should feel every single emotion whether that be you're feeling down or up Um, exactly and I don't think our brains are wired to think negatively I think that we have that propensity to do so but no I wouldn't say that we are wired in that way like it can be because we're not used to you know thinking positively I just mean naturally though I think naturally I don't know if it's scientifically proven but let's be honest like say something there's like an amazing say your day has been amazing as a whole but you have one bad event like your bike no but I think it it goes you're gonna think of the negative it goes back to the perspective and the train and how you've trained oh yeah 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 definitely definitely so for example if you've worked on yourself and you recognize that oh you know like something bad happened but you know what I'm not gonna let that phase me like I had a great day blah 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 blah, etc it's training your mind definitely exactly so 
it's just maybe because we because of our environment and because with the way that we've learned to think negatively a lot of us think that um more instantly but i don't think it, it has to be that way maybe it's the way that we've been taught from our environment mm. and our i don't know if i read it somewhere where we are kind of wired to think negatively and it i don't know well send me send me check. the link uh I, what do you guys think actually yeah are we wired to think negatively or is it just kind of how we've been brought up maybe by our surroundings of people just focusing on the negatives mm. and therefore we've adopted this way of thinking or we are just wired to think negatively mm. so i'm reading i'm that. reading um humankind a uh, uh, brief history of, of humankind i believe it's called by rather i've got the book there um Ber- bregman <laughs> um i think it's a dutch author and essentially it talks about I mean, this is a different book that maybe this is we can a review. Tangent, maybe. But, but no, no, no. I wanted to say, like, it talks about um, how people are inherently good, etc. And it's making me shift my perspective because a lot of the time we think that humans are bad and, like, we think negatively and we have all these negative things. And maybe it's not true. No, I think people we... are inherently good. But I yeah. think that's a different topic from people thinking negatively. I don't know. If, 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 if maybe it is related maybe we are capable of having positive thoughts mm. and their mm, environment good point because i actually believe that people are inherently good i do so in the too. world i genuinely wholeheartedly believe that people are inherently good but i also believe that like we're more prone to think negatively but i don't think it correlates to the fact that we are inherently good I, I don't i'm not sure if they're like both related to each other we'll, we'll look this up next next podcast episode um we've got a message or a comment from ferial on her instagram live so she has just said it comes down to the mindset but majority of us do look at the glass be- being half empty instead of half full it's just human nature we do tend to focus on the problems because yeah you know what on that point i wanted to focus because we all have problems if mm-hmm. we've read the book by mark manson I think it's called what's it called um, um oh everything is hug- fucked yes everything is fucked like we all have problems in our lives right every single person in this world has problems and I don't know whether that's because oh we're thinking negative because like do you know what I mean what I'm getting at like if yeah. no one had problems everyone would be thinking super positively no I know but I think also, because I I've discussed this with a friend, and I was like, oh, like I'm all I I was talking to her, and I was just kind of telling her about my problems, and I was like, you know, I only tell you the bad things, and then she's like, no, actually, you're not just talking about the bad things. You're talking about was it Ferial who actually it was maybe Ferial who I was talking to. I was just thinking, Ferial, <laughs> you should come on the podcast. <laughs> um, she was like, no, it's not, it's not. Um, the the bad things um it's just stuff that you know you you want to work on and things that you want to resolve like it's not just talking negatively and thinking because there's a there's a way there's a there's a divide or mm-hmm. two there's two separate items let's say there's talking negatively about something and saying oh there's no solution this is shit i'm a piece of shit blah blah blah, 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 blah. all negative and there's another side where you're like this bad thing has happened i'm gonna fix it can you help me? It's not a good moment right now. What can we do? You know, and you're still talking about a problem, but you're talking about it 
from a more hopeful perspective. Fixed mindset and growth mindset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the mindset? It's what Ferial just said. Ferial, we need you yeah, on the podcast. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, it all comes down to the mindset and like relating back to what you're saying, the perspective, I think. Um, like, I think inherently what I was mentioning, but I think we are we can wire our brains and we can change how we think it's not like okay we are fixed and this is how we're gonna leave our life live uh, live our lives but anyway with but that yeah, point, this is such a interesting discussion that i'd sorry, love to have on another I'd love that episode we we will note that down <laughs> yeah so um, with the two final yeah. things that i wanted to mention sorry are um of course meditation and mindfulness mindfulness can be come in different ways you know it doesn't have to be sitting down in like i um lotus position or like a child pose or something or like uh you know you're doing yoga it can also look like uh you know peeling a potato or um walking to your nearest train station without any music things like that are also mindfulness because you're present in the moment so or like going for a swim or being on <laughs> i was just thinking because i was on, on a roller coaster a couple of days ago like being on a roller coaster you literally did don't you, think of did you think that was mindful wasn't that scary <laughs> I mean it was oh, it was scary but I'm just thinking of like being in the moment if that makes sense like being present oh okay um as yeah. opposed to like you I are guess. like it's scary but you're so in the moment that you can't think of anything else when you're on a roller coaster you're like you are I don't know if that would come under mindfulness but you are because oh, we always associate mindfulness of like as like being a relaxed. peaceful relaxed <laughs> and obviously being on a roller coaster was like the scariest thing of my life but I also was not thinking of anything else in this world. All I was thinking of was like that moment. So in a way, I don't know, is that mindfulness? Or would you say that is not mindfulness? Because I've never actually, I just thought about the roller coaster example, but I don't actually know if that would come yeah. To me, for example, things that come to mind are washing the dishes. Like I feel like it's such a mindful activity for me at some time, at points. Like I just get lost in thought and I'm just like washing my dishes and it's like really peaceful. Yeah. Like you do repetitive activities that don't require mental strain and mental effort. Um, we got a comment from Ferial. Um, she, she said, need to master the art of positive thinking. Once you do that, you're boundless. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. so Chris, mindfulness is the basic human ability to be fully present, aware of where we are and what we're doing. And sorry. So I think it's miss leading um, then because so, I don't think one second I don't think the washing the dishes is mindful then because I get lost in thought and I'm not thinking of the washing itself sometimes whereas being mindful okay. is being present and taking yes. the moment for what it is and being like there right there oh and then it says and not overly reactive and overwhelmed by what's going on around us. So it wouldn't maybe not like <laughs> to the roller coaster because I'm obviously overwhelmed by what's going on. Yeah. I guess if I was in a roller coaster and I was just like experiencing it without any sort of reaction, then perhaps. But uh, yeah, maybe mindfulness is more like taking it in. Like when you go on a walk and you end up in yeah. a hill and you just breathe in the fresh air and you look out into the horizon you're like wow like this is really amazing yeah like a slow walk or like seated walking standing or moving meditation um like yoga or sports and short pauses for example in our day if we're like brushing our teeth or you know cutting some potatoes <laughs> um so yeah that was the other one that i want to mention sorry we'll like 
well, I mentioned last one. And last one is, of course, that we mentioned previously is therapy and coaching, which I believe is very, very important, especially because it's not always the best solution to talk to a friend because they're going to be biased about what you're going through or they'll offer some specific advice, which is obviously not professional advice, which might not actually help you because it's not, you know, like a proven technique. Um, and you might be going through something whether it's more severe or less severe, to be honest, it doesn't have to be severe that you, you have to go to therapy. But um, sorry, my point is you can go to therapy, whether you're going through like a really, really tough time or whether you just want advice from like a non-biased perspective. And some really useful techniques that the book mentions are CBT, which I've heard of previously, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, which basically aims to separate yourself from your emotions and detaching yourself from your emotions rather than making like instead of thinking I am angry I am sad it is like I am experiencing sadness I am experiencing anger in this moment I am experiencing happiness in this moment but I am not happiness I am not um like anger I am not disappointment do you know what I mean yeah I am not an embarrassment I am experiencing embarrassment in this moment and then the other it's one like when is, we talked about this before as well it's when we fail an exam for instance and instead of thinking oh I'm so dumb thinking oh I didn't prepare myself enough for this mm-hmm. there's that mindset of the blaming as well the, the yeah. negativity there. yeah exactly and then the other one is NLP which is neuro-linguistic programming And it's a technique that's aimed at tackling specific psychological traumas and diminishing the power those memories have on us. Um, Because a lot of the time, obviously, trauma can cripple up and um, the past can obviously cripple up in our thoughts and affect us, whether that would be consciously or subconsciously. A lot of the time, uh, this is something I want to mention before, is a lot of the time we think we know what the root cause is, is and we might start to unpeel the layers and think, oh, it's because you know, my sister did this or my friend did this that I feel so mad, but it might actually be an issue to do with your dad or it might be an issue to do with your like carer that you had growing up. Um, And it might not be anything to do with that friend. And those traumas and those memories, we don't know how to access them because we don't have, whether that be the capabilities or we're just not aware of those. So we need like maybe a specialist to kind of, unravel these for us um and yeah a lot of people might live years and years and years without actually dealing with their issues because they just don't know how to deal with them um so that's why I'm a big advocate for therapy um and seeking help and coaching um and yeah I I honestly think it's it's a great it's a great way to to talk to someone they're obviously not going to judge you they're open they have experience and it's nice because you get to just talk, 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 talk. <laughs> and it's not like, you know, maybe their friend is like, oh, stop talking about this again. Or, um, or like, oh, just say you're in a relationship, a toxic relationship. They're like, oh, just leave that guy. Or like, oh, just cut her out of your life. Cut that friend out of your life. And it's kind of those sort of responses. Whereas the therapist will just sit there and listen to you. And they will make notes and they'll ask you questions like, okay, so how was your childhood like? And there's no judgment and they will start asking questions. Um, so I just thought I'd mention that because I think it's a great way to um, wrap up the getting to know you section. Yeah, I, yeah no, I wanted to, to say that. No, I agree. I think therapy is great. 
and I mean they get paid <laughs> to do that service and obviously yes. they're actually trained professionals it's not like a friend who obviously wants to help you do what the best they can but they don't have the capability a lot of the time to to fully understand um the degree or or exactly where you're going through in, in that sense and, and help Definitely. you sort of guide you to find a solution but um I wanted to give a personal example I just forgot what I was about because I'm like thinking of too many things it was about oh yeah it was about you said that sometimes we think it's someone's fault that did something but it's then somebody else um maybe something deep rooted in our childhood traumas etc and this um brought me back to a month ago for instance where we were about to record a podcast and I was just getting irritated at you for no reason and I mean no I had a reason (laughs) but but um but like in hindsight like if that had happened now I wouldn't get mad because I'm a much better place. Does that so why sense? were you irritated? <laughs> because I was living in a hotel. <laughs> ah, I and I just didn't have my time. own space. I just felt really like stressed all the time. Like I didn't have my stuff with me, my own, you know, I was just living in a hotel like during the week as well. So it wasn't like my full on space. Like I had to leave it very frequently. Because you're just, complaining really about living in a hotel. Jeez. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? If, my my life felt very unstable and because of that st- instability I sort of uh paid not not paid but like pagarlo contigo. <laughs> how do you say that yeah maybe? which means you um, basically la- not lash like out, lash on other out people, yeah but, like... but more like sort of you get the worst part of it kind of thing and I wasn't I wasn't like you know like being really angry but I was just kind of yeah being a bit more so snappy, more understanding what, what do you think you could have done in that moment um that's a good question actually I think just taking a step back like spending more alone time this is um something that I did a lot when I was in that hotel room was spend endless hours watching random stuff on Instagram which was really detrimental to my mental health and it made me feel even worse and what I would have done obviously looking back is not do that (laughs) try and go out for a walk if I was feeling upset or just a bit irritated go back and you know have a chat and yeah maybe to like talk it through to you like with you more like before recording the episode just talk about okay yeah like do you have a minute we can a minute do you have an hour (laughs) we can just chat about how I'm feeling blah 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 yeah and then we could have like sort of recorded the episode afterward but I understand like there's time constraints because we've got busy time I mean to be fair that's what we did last week um I wasn't feeling good and at first I uh, I, yeah I wasn't feeling great and I yeah it's so true and you were like oh like why are you always upset when we're recording and stuff like that (laughs) and I was like Chris like I'm just gonna be honest to you right now like I'm just not feeling good at all and I want to record the podcast but I literally feel so bad right now and and then we just spoke for like an hour and I just opened up about what I was going through and how I was feeling and it helped me so much because I was like I just kind of like opened up I just cried it out and I was like oh this is what I needed and then we recorded the podcast um what was the podcast again we talked about COP26 oh we talked about we spoke about COP26 so you might hear me like (laughs) <laughs> no it was a good one no but it was good and I'm glad that we did it then because it was a really long conversation that we had and at the end it was like really late 
and I remember I was like trying not to yawn on the podcast oh it was like almost Um, midnight or something yeah it was almost midnight and I was like should we leave it for another day and then you're like oh let's just do it now since we're here and we did um but yeah like that's the thing like the reality of it like you didn't feel like doing podcasts that day I sometimes also didn't feel like it and I'm not feeling my best and we're just human beings like yeah we sound like we've got our shit together but sometimes on the the podcast we don't no we we don't look at stuff oh we obviously don't like let's be honest we record every single week and we have to take out a day a week which doesn't sound like a lot of time but imagine doing that for weeks when weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and having to have that commitment like I know the podcast is coming up I know I have to have read the book I know I have to have some sort of notes exactly it's not just that evening it's reading the book during the months then doing the social media uploading it editing it everything else it takes so much time yeah and I mean ours isn't like you know high production high quality and it still takes some amount of time and like sometimes you know there could be a day like some days we just feel like shit and we just don't want to record and we still have to kind of like pull through um so that's why it is important to just kind of like say last week I wasn't feeling good just opening up and talking about it and then feeling a bit better um or if we feel really bad just like postpone and and record for like a later a later date um so yeah sorry I, I just wanted to mention that one I think should we move on to the next section yeah um I was thinking maybe we could skip the one about doing time alone what what was that covering again that I thought that was a really really interesting I'll just okay, you, you really, tell really me, quickly. You tell me. so that one was how in society we you know we're praised and we were told that we should work on our social skills and talking to different people which we know is very very important but we never we never ever ever hear we should work on our solitude skills and these are equally as important and some of these include for example emotional regulation introspection noticing and heeding internal signals to enter solitude enjoyment of solitary activities carving out time for solitude negotiating with others for time in solitude being mindful of how time in solitude was spent and balancing the needs for solitude and for sociability so these are some solitude skills that we should all absolutely work on because I believe they're really really important definitely I think for example the one that's that hit me quite a lot was the negotiating time for solitude because a lot of the time especially if you're living in a crowded house you know with your family with housemates or whatever it's difficult to sort of find that time where you're like actually guys or mom dad whatever I don't want to be disturbed right now you know and a lot of the time we don't even have our own space say you share a bedroom or you know common space etc like a workspace it's difficult and in the book it talks about different people different couples different families etc who manage to find time alone say someone has like a designated beanbag by the side of the living room where they sit at an allocated time of day and that is sort of when they're there they're not disturbed or maybe put a post-it note on your monitor and say okay this is my me time like don't bother me right now or maybe putting noise cancelling earphones something like that that can sort of give away a cue to others as to you know don't bother me I'm like busy yeah. being by myself doing my introspection doing my own work my painting whatever it is that you, mm-hmm. you happen to be doing and um I think that has had such a powerful impact 
in my personal life, especially over lockdown, I think it was so important because it can be so easy to just be with people all the time because it feels nice. But finding that time, like before in my in my previous um, sort of where I previously lived, it was very sort of busy, like people all the time. And I find that I did, I struggled to get alone time a lot of the time. It was difficult, but I had this thing where if I was in my room, you just don't come in. Like you knock if you need something, <laughs> but like you just don't come in and like you don't bother me. And if I want to socialize, I'll come out into the like common area. You'll come out like... of your shell. <laughs> exactly. And I feel, I feel like communicating that and having people who actually knew and respected that made me feel so comfortable you know having that communication but also because like some people may never get it and you just you know unfortunate and you just suck it up or move out or something um but yeah that that's a really powerful powerful one that I that really yeah that's really How, how about you Moni was there one that you really liked from this list um I think my favorite one is obviously introspection um because I'm a huge advocate for introspection but I really like the one that you mentioned as well negotiating um with others for time and solitude because a lot of the time you know whether you have close-knit friendships or you're in a relationship or you're with your family it's very hard to set those boundaries and to say hey I want to have time alone and um I think it is very very important to set these boundaries and for others to respect your need for being alone so I think all of these are are really good really good ones exactly and just on the on the book I mean I feel like we've talked about the chapters but we haven't talked about the book as a whole and I wanted to make an incision there if that's okay with you Moni yes before we go further so I just wanted to ask you like in more general terms what you thought of the book itself like the whole thing okay so as a whole I really enjoyed the book um, and I think a lot of the lessons I kind of already knew, I really enjoyed just reading it while I was in bed, like before sleeping, because it was kind of like a nice reminder. And some of the things you might I might forget, like, you know, I might forget to spend, to actually fit in time alone, to do like self-care activities, or to like go out for lunch myself, or just take time. Like I might think, oh, I'm not going to go out today because this friend's not meeting up with me. And so what? I can just go out to the cinema by myself. Like, why not? And just little things like this, it gave me a reminder of like, like how important alone time actually is because you think, oh yeah, alone time is amazing. It's great. But like, are you actually carving out time to have that time to yourself? So I think as a reminder, it is very useful and I probably will read it. Um, Like I, I will reread this book just for those kind of reminders. And another point that I felt about the book is the author and how she expressed herself and how she and how the tone and the tone that comes across in the in the book I feel like there is you can kind of picture her talking to you in a way and in a way I think you know she's wanting to be as relatable as possible to people I think she is a little bit humorous but also a little bit serious and I think she's trying to target a large audience when she's talking about this book um, because she does give you know different scenarios different examples of people's stories but I also feel there's a big 
I don't know what how to express the tone, but I feel mm, how would I express it? Um it kind of feels a little bit forceful or like, oh, you need to spend time alone. Like, does that make sense? Like, I don't know. How would you? Yeah. And I feel like it was also, it was quite repetitive. Like she repeated herself quite a lot, Mm. reinforcing some of the items she was discussing. Like you need to spend time alone because this, and then she would say it again. I think the time could have, I I think the book could have been a way, 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 way shorter. I think. But then it was only 200 pages. So I think she stretched it quite a bit. Yeah, I think um, the book was definitely stretched because some of the themes, the common themes that are expressed in the video, in the, sorry, not the video, the book are quite repetitive and you kind of take away the same lessons. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just think the tone that she that she wrote the book in. I'm it was a bit sure loud, I think. Yeah, I think that's but... what it is. I think loud is the good word. I feel like she's kind of screaming at you. <laughs> and like it kind of feels like if if someone who does not spend any time alone is reading the book is like doing something completely wrong like, like they you're feel not living like oh my right god way. like I'm feel so guilty I don't spend any time alone at all and I feel like for us reading the book I'm like oh it's fine like I could really relate to a lot of these points like I do spend time alone but like other times I think oh like I feel so guilty I've not spent any time alone like I've not journeyed at all I've not meditated I've not um like I'm not doing therapy like do you know what I mean like all these things it kind of makes you feel a little bit um like you're doing something wrong if that makes sense so it reminds me of that book we read uh the defining decade that was a bit like that as well Mm, like these self-help books sometimes are very like oh you need to do this and yes it's a bit scary sometimes if you're not on that path exactly instead of feeling like you're getting help and you're feeling understood by someone I think she's wanting to be relatable but at the same time it's not in a tone that where you feel like you're being understood and a tone where you feel like you know things can change it feels very much like you should be doing this you should be doing that like a bit preachy I felt um that's kind of what I felt about the book yeah yeah but having said that I did feel really happy at times when I was reading the book sometimes I was reading some passages I was like oh this is really cute like yeah like I really like this and just some of the reminders that it has as we've said like at the very beginning when I was reading this book I was like why am I even reading this like I already know all of this and my ego was kind of coming out a bit like I know how to be alone like what is the point in this book and then as I kept reading I kept finding out stuff that I hadn't come across before and quite a lot of it was already in my mind I already knew but it was good to be reminded as well I started enjoying it more and yeah towards the end as I said already it became a bit more repetitive but overall I think it was a good read a good Definitely. reminder some some good learning there and yeah there's there's a few other chapters that I quite liked there's a, for example the one about solo travel that I found um quite relatable particularly and yeah I, I think also because we already know how to spend time alone it didn't come as a shock to us and a lot of the time the way she wrote it was targeted to people who didn't know how to spend any time alone yeah and it's just like "Mm, I don't really (laughs) yeah like a lot of the things she was like oh you do this and you do that and I was like no I actually don't and but I think it's because she's trying to target a very very large audience yeah so I think 
that's probably the reason why we're not going to relate to everything, of course. Um, sorry, before we wrap up the podcast, I wanted to go through like a couple of other points yeah, that I made before we move on. So with the, there was a chapter as well on self-care, which we both know is really, really important. And one of the points that she made is caring for the you tomorrow. And she talks about Abraham, Abraham Maslow's, Maslow's hierarchy, which is the hierarchy of the needs. And there are five different, so it's like a pyramid and there's five different needs. So at the bottom, we have the basic physiological needs, which are sleep, food, water, shelter, and warmth which is what we all need. The next one is security, safety, employment, assets. The next one is social, which is family, friendships, intimacy, and belonging. The next one on top of that is esteem, which is self-worth, accomplishment, and confidence. And the next one is self-actualization, inner fulfillment, which is kind of the whole theme of self-care and um, taking time for yourself in order to reach that inner fulfillment. And... The other point that she made, so I'm kind of running through these, is um, I think this would be a really good takeaway for people to think about some some questions here. So some useful questions that you can ask yourself. The first one is how soon after you wake up do you turn your phone on and what effect does this have on you? And this question really made me think because I'm really bad with this. Like I wake up and I just look at my phone and I'm like on Instagram or I'm like texting someone or I'm on my emails and it's a really bad habit. So something that I learned is really, really important. Have your phone on airplane mode two hours before you go to sleep and two hours after you wake up, if you can, or one hour at least. And that way, the first thought is not like Instagram or the first thought is not Facebook. The first thought is like, oh, I'm going to have my breakfast in peace. Oh, I'm going to put this nice, really relaxing music or I'm going to have a bath. And it's quite peaceful. Has um, it worked for you doing that recently? So, um. I mean, it's something that I want to adopt. Sorry, it's not something that I'm doing just yet. It's something that I want to make a habit. And I'm actually going to start today. Okay, <laughs> so I'll like try because I feel like I'm always on my phone before bed. But in the morning, I've been better, maybe because I've read that passage in the book and I've been like, oh, actually. Mm-hmm. So I normally, instead of being on my phone in the morning, I get ready and then maybe read. Actually, I've That's started really reading good. in the morning. So like maybe with breakfast instead of being on my phone. And then when I leave the house, I actually like, take my phone on the bus or something that's really really good I really like that I'm, I'm very proud of you so mm-hmm. the next one is how does the food you eat affect your food sorry how does yeah. the how does the food you eat affect your mood yeah yeah it's not your food what daily habits are non-negotiable I started to think about this one and I was like I feel like I'm don't have daily habits and I feel like I should do you know? Um, you, I mean, you must. There's things that are habits, so you don't think I about mean, them. Like brushing yeah, that's very true. Like brushing my teeth and <laughs> washing your and face, going to work every single day and working and getting dressed every day and shivering and different things like that that I don't think about. Um, but yeah, I guess yeah, those are non-negotiable. The next do you have? Is, do you have? Sorry to interrupt. Do you have any other parts of your routine that? also constitute that those habits or is it just the generic ones um yeah there's not really any particular ones and is there any that you'd like to incorporate like definitely definitely i i say it every single day <laughs> meditating okay. and also running like i really 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 want to make that part but as a routine. daily routine 
Like, yeah, I feel like you're running, you want to run every day. And I mean, I want to get to the point where okay, I can okay. run every day. I was running, I was doing really good and I was running once a week. But I would love to one day get to the point where I can like go for a run every morning type of thing. Oh, like I want to be that person. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess it'll take a while. <laughs> and then the next thing is um, reading before bed or something like that. Or doing yoga. I used to do it every single day for months last year. I used to do a yoga practice before bed and it felt amazing. I would put the lights, um, I would turn the lights off. I would put my light, uh, my small diffuser light lamp thing and I would just do like a 40 minute meditation yoga slash yoga and it felt so so nice you know I'm talking about it right now I'm probably going to do like a 20 minute one before I go to bed tonight <laughs> so that's the other one um and then just quickly who in your life makes you feel happiest and who makes you feel low every time you speak or see them so hopefully these questions kind of make you think about your life maybe things that you should change whether you know if someone's making you happy maybe you should spend more time with them uh, or if someone's making you feel low every time maybe you should distance yourself from them or spend spend some less time and um, or tell or sh- tell them about it or tell them about confront it, and, it. Mm-hmm. and confront it and, and communicate that um another one that I wanted to get onto um, which I thought was an interesting one maybe I don't know if you've read if you want to talk about the single and alone Chris uh, part if you have any yeah so this is one. actually something that I didn't like about the book right because obviously the author starts the book well not obviously but the, the author just starts the book talking about her breakup and she talks about how she used to be a very extroverted person who was really codependent in spending time alone and then through her breakup she learned the hard way let's say to spend time by herself and initially it was really difficult and then she learned to love it etc the point that she makes here is that like the book is very heavily orientated in that sense like oh you break up so then you discover yourself and you find out that actually you don't need a man you're happy on your own it gives me a bit anti-relationship vibe exactly I think it does (laughs) so much and I'm just like yeah it's very like (laughs) oh you don't need no man you're happy by yourself badly (laughs) yeah Um, it just gives me kind of that vibe a little bit exactly and and then in her defense she does speak about you know being in a healthy relationship etc so she at the at the last episode uh, the last <laughs> chapters she does cover both being in a relationship and being single but she does does feel quite biased towards you know being single being happy single etc and you were asking me about being single alone single and alone single and alone did you have any takes on that um chapter because I want to talk about the next one the alone um, and together. I think I've got I've got takes on both chapters actually. So single and alone really talks about yeah, I think we sort of covered it, right? Like self-partnership, being alone on your own, just putting yourself first and doing things without waiting on some other people to do. I think every chapter is interrelated in a way. For example, take solo travel. Instead of waiting for the perfect boyfriend or girlfriend or partner or whoever to come along and take you off to the Maldives or go on a beautiful epic adventure in Iceland who knows um you can you can go on your own why not perfectly fun activity to do on your own and a lot of the time 
we we are fearful of this you know because we we find because of judgment from other people like oh why are you still single or when are you finding someone there's a lot of pressure in society to find a significant other and something interesting in the book was that there's so much pressure in this like the, someone celebrates more you know someone getting engaged than someone doing well in their career for example mm. and I mean obviously they're not comparable like they're just different sorts of life events or even achievements if you want to call them that um but it's interesting the the strength that is put into finding that significant other well in our lives our relationships can be as meaningful through friendships through family ties etc those can also be really really important relationships in our lives that bring us so much joy and happiness and further growth so definitely just becoming the half of like one orange shouldn't be the, the ultimate goal yeah. yeah I wanted to ask you so in terms of with solo travel I'm thinking say people that are in a relationship they might think oh I'm gonna have so much fun with my partner why should I go on a trip by myself what is your opinion I actually I do know people who who are in relationships and travel solo and I think it's about having that me time you know and also having, so it can be, there's there's a list of things. It can be to do with having that me time, because obviously we do need time alone. And it can also be because when you travel solo, you do whatever the hell you want and you don't have to compromise. And even though you love someone, it doesn't mean that all of your interests are exactly the same. So say you are dating someone or you're in a long-term relationship with someone and they really like watching football games and you enjoy going to museums like you can compromise and watch a football game and they can come to a museum but if you really really wanted to watch all of the museums in the city of Copenhagen then maybe like just going on your own I think do you know what it is I think it's about communication I think it's yeah. you hit the nail there I think it's about understanding what each person likes and because you're in a relationship one person might love to travel and the other person might love to to stay and go with a friend and watch and that's totally understandable I think my point is for example if you know that both people love to travel and both people have very similar interests in the way that they travel I'm just thinking if you can travel with your boyfriend or your girlfriend say why not you know if you know that you're going to have a more fun time like why would you just say oh let me I know that having a long time is good let me just carve out a long time let me not go with my partner like in that case I'm thinking why would you not go with your partner if you know it's going to be enjoyable you know what I mean yeah but exactly there's people who in a relationship have so many things in common but travel might not be one of them and exactly there's people who their relationship revolves around their love for travel and that's what unites them yes exactly and then they might not have things in common other other aspects but when it comes to traveling specifically say they're very similar they like to they're both very adventurous they both love to hike or they both love going to the beach or they both love going from museum to museum or island hopping or whatever and they're very very similar and they know that if they're with someone they're going to have a greater time because they can share those memories with that other person so I think solo travel um hugely depends on or we're talking about partners but we can talk about friends as well if two friends are super close 
and they have they're very similar in the way that travel or they know that they're gonna have a great time together like I'm sure they will have to compromise at some point but another um, thing as well is that what if your partner or your friend isn't available like that happened to me when I went to Asia for two months I mean first of all who who is going to be free for two months and free to travel and want to spend the money you know like there's so many factors that you have to take into consideration I was like well no one is free to do it so I'm just going to go on my own why would I wait like if I wait I'm never going to go and I just went so a lot yeah a lot of the time (laughs) it's about what works like some you might have a lot of annual leave left of the year you need to take two weeks of holiday and your partner doesn't have any holiday left they've spent it all I don't know visiting family yeah in Canada you know so it just depends like okay I've got this time to myself why why am I going to waste I'm going to stay home two weeks doing nothing no I'm going to go take a holiday to Morocco like (laughs) exactly and I think also we need to remind ourselves that solo travel doesn't mean as well going to you know Southeast Asia or traveling the world it can also be taking a like a short road trip or take or getting the train somewhere to like a town nearby and just for like the day or a couple of hours like that's also like solo trip I would consider yeah um where say your like partner's busy or your friend's busy or your family's busy and you just want to go out instead of waiting for you to get out of the house for someone to go with you you can just you know go into town by yourself or go into um like just somewhere go somewhere by yourself obviously going abroad is kind of um is, is super fun um but obviously it doesn't work out for everyone and it's not exactly and I think that everyone wants to do yeah I also wanted to touch about facing our fears fears about around being alone because I feel that there's a chapter about this and I found it really interesting because I, I think you and I Moni we're at a point in our lives where you know we've sort of grown up and gotten more comfortable with the idea of being alone we're not afraid to say go to the cinema by ourselves maybe having a meal on our own in a cafe in a restaurant etc but there's things that still scare us I mean there's still things that scare me like I can travel on my own in another continent but there's obviously going to be things that are a bit reticent I'm like "Mm, would I want to do that by myself maybe I should go with someone for example I'm still to go to concert by myself I i I booked one when I was in Germany, but it got cancelled because of COVID. Um, By yourself? So that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I was so going to go. So that's still my bucket list kind of thing. Like, I would love to just go to a gig and just be like, hey, like, I'm just meeting people here. Yeah, that's No true. problem. Or even if I don't meet anyone, like, I'm just dancing and doing my own thing. Yeah. Um, and I think I that's think, like the next step for me. <laughs> that's the next step. I think, you know, what's so important. I think it's about what you prioritize. Because clearly, we love to prioritize things like, improving mm-hmm. our uh, like getting writing into the having unknown. having writing into the unknown and having a deeper relationship with ourselves and I think that comes from spending more time alone being in uncomfortable situations but not everyone wants to do that and that's totally fine like people are in their comfort or they're happy with their friends or why would they want to go to a concert by themselves why would they want to travel abroad by themselves and there's nothing wrong with that there is literally nothing wrong with that and sometimes I think like oh why would I want to travel to like South America by myself when I can do that with a friend or like someone else um and and yeah like I'm trying to think like oh but 
it's a new challenge like maybe I should go by myself and I'm thinking oh no like I actually would prefer to go with someone because I feel more like safe I feel more protected I feel like I'll probably have a greater a better time um so yeah I think it's just depending on how you feel and what you I, th- uh, I think it depends on the level of comfort you are allowing yourself to I'm willing to face as well to face. yeah because I, I don't think I mean you can never sort of know you know like I'm sure depending on your attitude and your outlook and your approach you I'm sure you'll have a great time in South America if you did go by yourself but if you're really uncomfortable and you're not and, and it's like in your head and you're not going to enjoy yourself and you're going to feel like you're going to just close yourself off and not meet people etc then probably yeah you will have a shit time so it's about having that mindset of like you know what I'm going on my own and I'm it's having a great time even though I'm scared like it's fine I'll meet people I'll have a great time because as we said before and pre- previous episodes like traveling alone does not mean you're alone you know I end up, up meeting a lot of people in my solo travels it's just about being flexible because at some points you can be on your own if you want to do a particular thing and if you want to do something with other people you just meet people in a hostel for instance and just go do stuff with them so it's very flexible in that sense and it doesn't you don't feel like you need to compromise all the time because if you meet someone in a hostel and they're like oh I want to do this and you want to do something else you know that you're both let's say solo travelers at heart so you each go separate ways and that's fine same with traveling with friends if you really have good communication and say okay you know like I mean it depends if the trip is like three days long you're not going to like break up the whole team and do separate things maybe you'd have to compromise a bit more but if it's a really long trip and you're like hey like I really want to go to this um, water park and oh no I, I prefer to stay here and at the beach then just maybe have two groups and like you go here I go here like no hard feelings that's perfectly mm-hmm. fine so I think that, yes, all of us have different sort of um, comfort zones. And I think it's all about comfort zones. Like, yes, you're going to have a great time with your friends because that's what feels comfortable. And some people are happy. Like, they don't want to complicate their lives and just stay within, like, yeah, they don't want to complicate their lives. And that's totally fine. But the way that I think, and I don't think this is the right way, this is just the way for me, I like to challenge myself because. Going and thinking back, like this is a personal um, example again. Like when I was back in high school, I was a really shy kid. I didn't speak to anyone. I literally, I was, I sometimes I didn't have anyone to eat with at lunch, and I I was literally considering like, oh maybe I could have lunch in the toilets. And I was just like, oh no, like people actually <laughs> lots of me. people, yeah, but lots of people hang out in the toilets, and I was just like, oh this is really uncomfortable because there's like lots of girls here as well, so you don't even have alone time. Like I just wanted alone time, and. Yeah, like sometimes I just ate by myself. Sometimes I would like join like a random group. And I just felt like really uncomfortable. Like I, I, I think I really, I started just going for lunch. I just walked home and I would just have lunch at home because I just felt like, you know, I don't have to just awkwardly sit there for a really long time. And I mean, it says, as sad as that might sound, like I went, got out of that because I pushed myself to, I wasn't happy with that situation. And Maybe if I had been happy, I would have stayed like that. But that sort of was the precursor to me wanting to like put myself in situations of discomfort, of riding into the unknown, of being like, okay, I'm not 
happy with the situation. I want to become stronger, more resilient, etc. I, I feel like I'm going around. Yeah, really long, and essentially, I mean. like the more you're expanding your your what's it called? You're expanding your comfort zone. Essentially, the more yeah. uncomfortable situations that you step into, the wider your comfort zone becomes. So from becoming like this. Instead of saying you're getting out of your comfort zone, you're actually widening your comfort zone because your comfort exactly. zone becomes I wider, doesn't it? So, yeah, I think, it, and and it's really good that we actually went through these situations of not having people to have lunch with. Like, I remember one time, like, after lunch, I didn't have anyone to hang out with, so I literally sat in the toilets and just cried wow. when I was in primary school. Um, but I think these experiences made me realize, like, this is not what I want. And I feel like it made us much more stronger because we had to go through it ourselves so now if we have to be you know if we're secluded in a group of, or if we're left out we feel completely okay with it because yeah. I like I literally feel so completely okay if I'm in a group and I'm like the one that's left out because I'm so confident by myself to the point where like if I had to um yeah yeah like I'm at uni and I don't have a partner or something like that like I wouldn't feel uncomfortable or I would be comfortable enough to ask someone hey do you want to be my partner hey do you want to be in my group like I wouldn't feel oh I'm so embarrassed I'm taking it so personally no one wants to be in my group now it's like oh okay that's fine like I love that so much you know exactly exactly and so lastly I was gonna say as well that you said about expanding your comfort zone and I feel like so many things that make us uncomfortable are scary right now because they are the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. But many times we're like painting a picture that's way worse than what it is. And then once we actually overcome that fear, we don't even like the next time we come across it, it's just like, oh, we've done that before. It's fine. And that's how you like, like we say the word grow, but what does grow mean? It just makes you like a stronger, like individual, you know, like you're just ready to, to like look after yourself and stand up for yourself and yeah get out in the world and and do whatever the hell you want I think I think the last two things I want to mention was Mm -hmm. your values your values are really 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 important and if say you know um adventure is one of your core values then I'm sure you'll want to chase that adventure because that's like what you want to prioritize in life say growth is super super important to you you want to be able to grow whether that's um career-wise whether that's you know professionally or independently or no matter what that is like you sorry my guys so you want to be able to grow um what was I saying sorry you want to grow like in different ways like professionally yes so it all comes down essentially to your values so if one of your values isn't growth and you don't care and you prefer say um security security then you focus more on things that make you feel secure whether that's financially or whether that's um in a family or whether that's in a relationship or emotionally so and you don't have to chase this growth and I think another point that I wanted to make was when it came to facing our fears was with the roller coaster that I rode when I a couple of days ago and that was my first time in a roller coaster I think it was my first time and I was super scared at the start I was like I'm so scared but then it didn't look that bad I was like oh it's fine I'm just gonna face my fears like I'm gonna go for it and oh my goodness it was so scary and then I ended up realizing that it was actually like it's called the wild 
wild roller coaster or something and it's actually like a super like extreme like aggressive roller coaster the normal ones aren't like that and it's probably like the scariest one there and literally for me I'm okay when I'm going up or when I'm going like this but when I'm going down like I get this feeling in my stomach like a pit in my stomach of, of like like I feel so like not in control of the situation and I'm just like like falling without any control and it feels really really weird in my stomach I don't know how to describe it I get this as well on the rides where you're like going up and then you fall down yeah I've done that one and then you go up down like I remember it when we're in Spain and I was a child and we'd go up down up down up and I literally hate the feeling of going down I don't know if it's like mental or if it's like actually physical I don't know if it's like a mental feeling or I think maybe it's both maybe it's a mix but, of, but it's like, that fear of the void you don't know like you're just free falling because it's not really like a fear I don't feel like I'm scared I feel because in that situation I'm not like oh I'm so I think scared. it's a survival instinct I think it's kind of like um how do I describe it in my stomach it's like uh so uncomfortable like yeah. um I don't like even it know it just clenches it all up and they're just like yeah like uh, uh, I can't I cannot <laughs> control any situation for my life like you know how mainly when I'm doing things I feel like I can control a certain aspect of how I'm behaving or what I'm doing like you know what I mean but in the situation is like anything I say do right now like I cannot control everything is out of my hands completely completely and most of the time at least I have control of my thoughts so whether in a situation where I'm not happy or like I can't I feel like I can't control it I'm like, but at least you can control your mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in this situation, I can't control my mind either. So it feels like all of my senses are stripped away from me. So maybe I feel it as like a very physical feeling. It's I am sure it's mental, but I feel it very physically as if my stomach is just like, like has no sense of like, I don't even know. I don't know if maybe the people listening have ever very experienced this. Very in-depth analysis. I really like it. No, but it's a very, like, when my stomach, I'm going down, I literally feel like, oh, like, I cannot feel my stomach. It's very weird. I might have to Google it. Okay. But it's like, I feel a void of, like, what's, have you never felt this when you go no, down? I felt How it. do I've, you feel? I've done, so I've done the one that you're describing where you, it brings you sort of up and then it just, drops yeah and you go down really and quickly. you feel so like so I, I tried this one on my phone died um so if you can see that like I feel kind of like, like I literally hate it it's like a feeling I, I literally think about it and I'm like I hate it Th- that's the only way I can describe it yeah, like I'm going down no I my body's like oh like just horrific what I, what happened I tried this uh ride and it brought you really 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 high up you could see the whole city from above you've been and on those I've been on one of them and I was with my friends and we were like and obviously you don't know when it's going to stop so it keeps going keeps going keeps going and then it doesn't stop and drop you it like stops drops so it's like instant so you don't have Super time fast. to think yeah yeah so it like keeps going up and then maybe stops a little bit but it keeps going up and up and up and so you don't know when it's going to stop but when it stops it doesn't stop it literally comes right down and how do you feel when you're going down so I was like really nervous my my friends were there and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god and then I was just like oh what's gonna happen and then it dropped and I did not say a word like I didn't even scream I just clenched my teeth and I was like 
really like my face was like, <laughs> like my stomach like literally like just dropped you felt and like then, the stomach feeling yeah literally and then when we got down my friends were like it's Christina alive she didn't say a word <laughs> <laughs> no that's hilarious yeah. that was me did you see my face on the yeah, camera oh, show Monica sent a picture of uh they take a picture right when you pass through and she was mortified it was no, like, I, I looked like I right. saw a ghost I looked yeah, like I did. literally saw a dead body alive no no sorry no uh like <laughs> Like I literally dead. looked like I was on the middle of Squid Game and just saw a dead body, <laughs> like a dead scene or like a ghost or something. My face is like, like I don't even know. Like I was like, just scream for the sake of screaming, but internally I'm like dying. Like I literally feel like I'm committing suicide right now. Like it felt oh, crazy. Man. It's that feeling of like I didn't even know what like that would feel like, but I literally felt like maybe I want to try dying. to try describing. I no, try like it. maybe try it, but like I'm feeling. <laughs> I've never felt such a sense of like not in control. But did you want to go back on again? Or were you like never in my life? I'll no, after I was like never in my life going really? again. Really? Okay, so you <laughs> <Yeah. back in. laughs> I mean, no, definitely try it out because I want to see like how okay. you feel. Because after, like, yeah, I was going to say after the one where you, it goes you up and then drops you, my friends were like, oh my God, is she alive? Blah, blah. And then I didn't speak for a second and then I was like guys let's do it again and I was just like it gave me so much adrenaline so I don't know if this also gave me I mean I think I would probably try it again just to be like oh now I'm not gonna feel this feeling again like you already know what to expect to be like oh I already know what's coming so like I'm gonna like try and enjoy the ride now but because it was my first time and it was like like you're literally going like this you can see the whole city and you feel like you're falling I'm not joking and then it goes down but like super 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 fast like the steep like the gradient like the sorry the gradient uh, coming down is super super steep so instead of gradually coming down it's like like super super fast and yeah I don't I literally don't know how to explain the feeling in my stomach it literally just feels like I can't like I'm not in control and it feels horrific. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, what do you do when you're not in control? Do you know what that's I mean? scary. I think that's another thing for us to sort of understand that's what it about is. ourselves. Like, not being in control. It's crazy is, to me. Like, not being in control. Like, not being able to control how I think, how I feel. Like, it's just, like, going down. And I feel, like, like so uncomfortable. Like, take me now kind of feeling. Like, it's either all or nothing. Like, for me, it's like, if Would I Would you say you're a control freak? maybe I'm a control freak like it's very like (laughs) that experience made me think like why am I so like why why am I feeling this way you know what I mean maybe we're ready to let go it's crazy this is is getting very deep we should wrap up the podcast but I totally agree with you like I do think that I am a control freak in many aspects and maybe this ride is a good good exercise for me I think you should try it out I think you should try Um, it out but yeah again going back to solo travel I feel like solo travel has helped me to let go because in my normal life I do feel like I need to have everything sort of figured out and when you're traveling spontaneously and when you're even not just traveling but when you're doing things more spontaneously it sort of gives you that breeze it's a really nice feeling where you just let go go with the flow it's a nice nice thing to practice from time to time yeah okay so the last thing I just googled well I just said why do I fill up in my stomach in rides that come down and it says 
they are all essentially weightless. So each falling individually inside your body, this is what gives you that unique sinking feeling in your stomach. Your stomach is suddenly very light because there's less force pushing it, pushing on it. Um, so yeah, yeah. it just kind of floats inside your body. Yeah, it just feels like air. It just feels like your, your body just has like some sort of air, but it's like uncomfortable. I don't know how to explain it. I'm going to read this article actually okay. we've got a lot of other more research to do maybe for part yes. two or, or another follow-up episode but uh yeah i hope that you enjoyed listening to the episode today um my phone died so apologies to those who were still on the instagram live and i didn't get to reply to but yeah as usual great pleasure speaking to you money and yeah do you have any final words to to share no, I think just, uh, you know, enjoy your time alone and make sure to carve time alone every single day, if you can, or every single week. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Have a good night. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.